that our warfighters, regardless of the service, cannot do what they do without the work done by every single service member here on Tinker, especially the 90% of civilians who are making it happen every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Tinker Talks. This is the audio and video podcast today that talks about what's going on behind the fence line of Tinker Air Force Base. I'm your host, Mark Hybers, and today I am very excited uh, to be joined by a couple of very special guests. And I think your first time here, man. We have the Chief Master Sergeant of the Air Force, Joanne Bass, and Chief Master Sergeant John Alsvig. And let me try to get this right, sir. You, the United States Air Force First Sergeant Special Duty Manager. I am. Thank you. As a mouthful. Uh, and actually, news for me, this is the first time I've ever been around Diamond One, so yeah. kind of cool for me. Welcome. Thank you so much for taking Sir, the time. Sir, I have a point of order. This yes. is my first time being around Mark, so <clears throat> okay. it's a special day for me as well. <laughs> well, he's he's not too big a deal, I promise. I uh, love but, it. Hey, but, Mark, thanks for having us. It was, you know, this is our first time, my first time being at Tinker, and so um, when the team came to me and asked if we could come be on a podcast, I was like, absolutely, you know, but I was also very excited because I do travel around with Diamond One, right. and so um, I knew that he'd be a great teammate for us to do this podcast with. Awesome. Yeah. So have we kept you busy enough? You mm. have kept <laughs> us very busy, like literally, you know, it's, it's day in a, and day, yeah, day in day out. base. Quite a base. So I know you've got you've got places to be. You've got to get out of here. So we we won't take up too much of your time. But I did want to ask you. Um, recently, during your keynote speech at the air, uh, this year's Air and Space Forces Association's Air and Space Force Cyber Conference, you had mentioned uh, something about Airmen of the Future. Yeah. What is Airmen of yeah. the Future? You know, I'll tell you when I when we look at it, I actually call it Mark Force of the Future, right? Mm -hmm. um, what one of the lines of efforts that I have is really focused on what does the force of our future look like, um, in five years from now, and ten years from now, and even even beyond. Mm -hmm. um, and what I would tell you is the airmen that are coming in today are really the leaders who will lead us in that force of the future, and the airmen today are way more smarter, um, way more talented than, than I ever was, right? Mm. Um, they're more educated, they're critical thinkers, and so the airmen of the future are people who are going to be those problem solvers, the critical thinkers, the innovators, um, the folks that understand intent and mission command and know how to get after it. Um, but they also understand the speed of technology today and they understand how modernized we are and they're really going to be the ones who propel our force of the future um, and ultimately the Air Force. Awesome. Uh, that's probably hard to, hard to find people like that out there that uh that they're so connected um certainly from when i was in it's a it's a lot different force um but how are the airmen different today like you had mentioned that they're they're a little better at adapting and connecting um how much different have you seen that they are so well prepared for the speed of the world right now yeah, hey, I'll, I'll take a first hack, and then D, and then D one. I know you're ready. He's 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 ready, <laughs> ready. to get after. Right. Hey, I, I actually study generations quite a bit, right? We have five generations that serve in today's workforce, and it's important to know that. And all five of us want to serve, and we value things a little bit in a different way. Right. Gen Z sometimes is the most misunderstood generation. People often say, "Oh, Gen Z doesn't want to serve." That's not actually true. Hmm. 
Gen Z wants to serve, they just want to serve in their own way. And so I think that it's important for us as leaders and people who serve in this workforce to make sure that we understand um, what makes our airmen tick and and figure out ways to just incentivize them so that they can um, perform and lead at their full potential. D1. So I think the question gets at, you know, what, what is the current state of airmen and maybe what's different between now and then? There's a lot of things that might be different. One of the things that I appreciate on the different spectrum right. is the flexibility. And just if, if I grew up with an aperture like this, the airmen that come into the Air Force, they see things that I didn't even know existed mm-hmm. when I first joined the force. They're able to manage multiple tasks at the same time, multiple devices at the same time, dozens of relationships at the same time, both in person, online, and on the other side of the world. And that just didn't exist, I say, back in the day. The things that haven't changed is they want to come in and be a part of something bigger. That was the same in the 90s. They want to come to an organization and be valued. That's been the same thing in the 90s. They want to come in and grow. And so while some things have changed, and for, for a dozen reasons, a lot of really good ways, the timeless characteristics that have always made our airmen great has been fairly consistent over time. Right. So it's a good problem to have on both sides of that front. But incredible insight and perspective too in a leadership front that that you understand like what it is that they're yeah. looking for and, and how to, to try to motivate and and give the force to them in, on their own terms. Yeah. But also it fits into the mission and what we do in the Air Force. So it's good. It's unique. I think what you just said, Mark, is really the key piece, right? Like, um, at the end of the day, we're still a profession of arms, mm-hmm. and we're a uniform service. Yes, and so while we value um, the, the um, differences of generations, and while we are trying to help make sure that we are modernizing the way that um, we get after people policies, mm-hmm. we're, we have to balance that with good order and discipline mm-hmm. standards because that is ultimately what makes our military so very strong. Right. Awesome. Love that. Um, and Chief Alsvig, so your role as a first sergeant or a, as a first sergeant, now I think looking back at your career, you, you have been a first sergeant since like 2008, 2007. Yes, sir. Um, so awesome to you that's a it's a tough job and probably says a lot about your your core and your personality but so the role of a first sergeant is to advise commanders on readiness health morale and the quality of life of airmen and families and of course to ensure mission ready force how can first sergeants say here at tinker navigate the challenges that come with this role and especially like even when we deal with gen zers that that need a different type of leadership so um Apologies. I got first sergeant on set ADHD. Maybe it's because I've been doing it so long. <laughs> and you called it a job. And I don't know that I've ever looked at it as a job as, as much as a calling and an opportunity and passion. Right. So being able to do it this long, is, is that's the basis. Um, but from, from the specific question you're asking and, and talking to Team Tinker in general, and Team Tinker's first sergeants had an amazing opportunity today to spend two hours with them. Mm-hmm. And so when you talk about what can they do at the local level, they're already doing it. To watch them talk and crosstalk at their weekly first sergeant council meeting right. and sharing lessons of trauma and policy and areas of improvement that they're working on to try to improve the entire installation at Tinker and not just the foxhole that they work in right. was refreshing and amazing. One of the things they said is, hey, chief, what do you want to do today? I said, I want to sit back and just watch you guys do council business. Mm-hmm. And that's what first sergeants do. They, they meet each week as a council and share that information. And one of the things that we've been talking to the force about as a first sergeant is you have a unique opportunity to have access to the commander. 
which means you carry a certain amount of influence within the organization. Mm -hmm. And what we're trying to get the church to do is as they encounter problems or challenges, seek to understand the problem or that challenge first, instead of just to be understood and taken at face value as a leader in the organization. And I think that, that engagement where they look at problems and try to understand what's going on in their environment with the relationships they have with other first sergeants, with the support agencies they have on base. Mm-hmm. By trying to understand that first, they're able to apply some amazing countermeasures against all the complexities that, that comes with service in general, but also at a location as diverse as Team Tinker. Right. So watching it this morning was probably the highlight of, of yeah. my trip. There's been a lot of highlights on this trip, but watching Team Tinker shirts perform this morning was amazing. Awesome. Hey, can I add one thing? I know this is your question, D1, but but one thing that, that I think about with our first sergeants in particular, they give out a lot and they pour out a lot to make sure that they're taking care of airmen um, and families and their fellow wingmen and taking care of leaders, right? Like Diamond One is a wingman to me mm-hmm. and my battle buddy and somebody who takes care of me. But what I would urge every single first sergeant is you have to take care of you. Right. And our first sergeants, you know, again, if they're pouring out a lot, they've got to figure out how they're going to also invest in themselves a lot physically, mentally, spiritually, socially. And so that's, you know, that's kind of my charge to all of our leaders, but especially our first sergeants as the people who really expend a lot of their time. And, and their family and everything to care for others. Now I'm feeling some kind of way because when she said that, she made eye contact with me. And, and even though this is a question about first sergeants, let me use this opportunity to talk about the role of the SEL. Yeah. If you look at our relationship, as yet she, she often, I'm her wingman and, and I'm her first sergeant, but she's my SEL. And, and her investment in me and my development and trying to make sure that I'm okay is, is immensely supportive right. um, and rewarding. And watching the SELs at Team Tinker do the same thing, modeling the same behavior that you're doing right now is very important to the resilience and self-care that the shirts are doing. So while I appreciate you and and our relationship and you modeling that behavior for me, just want to to reinforce that I saw those same behaviors around the base today. And that also was incredibly refreshing. It's a strong group of first sergeants. It's a strong group of SELs. And it's also a strong group of commanders. The command teams right here are absolutely engaged. Awesome. It is hard to SEL him sometimes. He's he's a he's a prior maintainer. Right. I'm, and still so, a maintain, I'm still a maintainer. And right. so that that's a whole nother set. That's a whole nother podcast. Mark. And she's ops. Okay. She's ops. Yeah. That's the other, ops other half of that right, challenge. You know. But anyway, all right, Mark. And we can get there. And and I think the go, just tying that all together, like the, it all wraps itself into something that we're really getting after and understanding right now. And we won't run off into the rabbit hole, but it's about being connected. Uh, that connectedness Absolutely. to our force and, and the leaders and, and the, the juniors. Absolutely. and uh, So it's awesome. I have a great deal of respect for, for both of you and what you do and, and the challenge that you bring uh, and do it so well. Uh, and so lastly, ma'am, you were both were actually able to speak to a JROTC group yep. yesterday at Edmond Schools. Um, how do we capitalize on more events like that to educate the youth on military service and then recruit that age into yes. our Air Force? So let me tell you, that that single event alone, we started our day off yesterday morning um, at the high school. Mm-hmm. It filled our cups. Okay. I think we, we, we probably talked to about two or you know 300 junior ROTC cadets as well mm-hmm. as Civil Air Patrol cadets. 
Um, and it, there was one point, you know, as my travel team was coordinating my schedule, they're like, oh, chief, it's just really tough, right? It's a 30-minute drive out there, a 30-minute drive back, and, and we don't know, and there's so many other competing priorities. And I told them, that is going to be the most absolutely important thing that I've got to do this entire day right. is to pour into this next generation mm-hmm. and to make sure that it's programs like Junior RTC and Civil Air Patrol that they know that we value so much, especially to our instructors that, that are raising this next generation, right? Like, um, so I take that role seriously. It, it filled our cups to be with teenagers who are going to be the folks who are the citizens and the leaders um, leading our nation, right. leading our communities, leading our cities. And so, it, you know, what I shared with with that group of folks, of course, I'd love, love for them to come and serve in the United States Air Force, but I just want them to grow up to be good citizens. Right. And so um, spending time there really did fill our cups, uh, made me feel a little young. So that was kind of fun, <laughs> too. But yeah. Diamond One, what do you think? Uh, so I'm going to be all over the place on the answer. Um, when we look at the future of America and the freedoms that we enjoy, right. it's not going to be uh, on, on our backs. Mm-hmm. Like we will sunset at some point very soon. And, and those young students that we had a chance to meet the other day, I mean, those are going to be the future NCOs. Those are going to be the future chief master sergeants of the Air Force. Those are going to be the future chief of staffs of the Air Force. I mean, that's, that is going to happen um, regardless. So being around that youth group and, and having a chance to in, interact with them and seeing their engagement, and their energy was absolutely refreshing. Um, the hard part is I, I could see my sons and daughters, my own sons and daughters in their faces. Right. And I don't know that they had the same opportunities. We spent a lot of time overseas. We were ar- largely separated from those types of engagements. But knowing that you have a community just outside the perimeter here that has the relationship with the wherewithal to invite us to follow up on it, to mm-hmm. encourage support and open up their community for us to share a little bit of our Air Force experience and hopefully harvest some of the talent out there was just, I mean, really a blessing. Right. So I look at a lot of missed opportunities along my own children's career. I just only hope that we did service to those sons and daughters that were there that day to help just give them a little kind of peek under the hood on what their life might be like, either as an airman or other service member for our nation. Right. Hey, hey, and one thing to get to your second part of the question, which was how can we do more of this and how can we capitalize mm-hmm. more on events like this? What I would tell every single service member is just do it. Right. Like we have got to figure out ways to make sure that we open up our bases, bring the community into our um, to our installations to show them what Team Tinker is doing or whatever base you're at um, so that the American public starts to understand what their military really does. Um, We have lots of opportunities to highlight all the great STEM things that are going on within our own um, fence line. And so we just need to get out there and do it. Our charge to um, command teams have been make sure that you know who your Civil Air Patrol um, leaders are, who your junior RTC, your RTC folks are, and make sure that we have those that connective tissue to include with our recruiters. Um, You know, as I look uh, across our nation, one of the things that we are absolutely going to need is a national call to service. Um, And that is applicable, I think, Mark, not just to the United States military, but a national call to service for people to just want to serve in their own communities. Right. Um, And and, and so, um, again, it starts with pouring into our youth. Right. And I I think you brought up a very valuable point, in my opinion, is that you'd said that these kids, you're you're looking to have them be um, great citizens. Yeah. 
whether they want to serve or not serve. Just yes. be good citizens, yeah. and that ties mm-hmm. into what you just said. And I think that's such great insight and valuable that you know it doesn't mean you have to come serve. You've got to come yeah. out here, but just be a good citizen. Um, awesome. But um, and I saw pictures yesterday, and I know you had. It was a huge crowd, and yeah. there were a lot of pictures, and everybody looked just spot on engaged. Like it was pretty exciting. It was, it was good fun. to see. Mm-hmm. I don't know how often this happens at your level, or it has Not happened enough. in the past, but it was exciting for all of us. We were talking about it around the office, and it, it was very cool. It is fun. Yeah. I will say, you know, both Diamond One and I are both parents, and so it's it's fun to hang around with other people's kids, you know, too, <laughs> because you know, I I've been asked to speak at my daughter's high school, by the way, and yeah. when when I got asked, and I told my daughter, hey, I'm going to your high school. This was at Ramstein. I said, I'm going to your high school. She's like, you? Why? <laughs> like, what What on earth could, you know, you, so anyway, it's really fun to actually have other kids pay attention, you know, yeah. to us. So anyway, it was fun. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, ma'am, sir, I, I know you guys have got to get out of here. You got to get on an airplane, um, but I can tell you, we're so grateful that you were able to find some time to stop in. We're like a hundred yards from your plane, so <laughs> it's probably starting ready to go, but uh, very Mark, grateful. Mark, for can we ask you a question? Well, of course. Yes, Who's sir. been your best experience on these podcasts? <laughs> uh, we're at. It. We're here right oh, now. I this love is that. it. Thank you. I love that. Hey. Without none, what you've brought to the table, and and all the respect in the world for the leadership that you've brought to our force, and and for taking. I mean, it's just it's been an incredible fun time to watch. Yeah. From my level to up to yours. Oh. We, we've had a blast. If I can just share one thing, um, before we made it out here to Tinker, we were actually at Fort Liberty. Um, and for those folks who know what Fort Liberty, formerly Fort Bragg, does is, mm. you know, you have um, a, a organization there called Joint Special Operations Command, right? And mm. so um, it was really amazing for us to go to Fort Liberty um, and spent some time with the folks who are really leading at the tip of the spear, right? right. And it was interesting. Before I got on the plane um, from D.C. to Fort Liberty, I was wondering, ooh, if you're paying attention to the news and what's going on in Israel, mm-hmm. certainly the folks at Fort Liberty, right, there are, our crisis response are getting geared up for that. Right. But what's more powerful and why this has anything to do with Tinker is, mm-hmm. you know, I was just, my cup was really full after Fort Liberty, knowing the things that we are doing um, to to um, get after the defense of our nation and 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 our partners and allies, mm-hmm. but when I got here to Tinker and I started getting the mission briefs of everything that all of the very different organizations are doing here on Team Tinker. By the way, probably one of the most diverse installations that I've ever come to in terms of mission set. But when I Mm -hmm. came and got the mission brief, I couldn't have been more excited. And I told that to Lieutenant General Hawkins that, sir, what you all do here at Team Tinker really underpins the warfighter. Mm -hmm. And it really underpins what we just saw at Fort Liberty, that our warfighters, regardless of the service, cannot do what they do without the work done by every single service member here on Tinker especially the 90% of civilians who are making it happen every day. So I just have to say, like, Tinker totally wowed us. Then you added some Oklahoma barbecue on top. And, <laughs> like, we are about mm-hmm. to jump on the plane and head to our next location, and we couldn't have been more happier. Awesome. Well, I think that is a great place to, to wrap up and let you get on and, and get on your plane and head to your next mission. And uh, thank you so much again for coming in, and that's going to do it for this edition of Tinker Talks. Very good. Thanks, Thank you. Mark.